All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yo, what if I told you the NBA Finals would be decided by a basic high school defense and an Instagram model with a tremendous wagon? But hey, that's 2020 for you, right? Now, before I get into this video, I don't usually do this. I'm not usually one of them, hey guys, I'm trying to do this, like subscribe to the channel, man. I know so maybe you may go look back at some of my stuff and say, oh, it's a Warriors fan. Don't let that turn you off, man, because I'm covering the entire league now and I promise you, you're gonna get takes, roasts, and NBA commentary that you will only get on this channel. I'm trying to hit 50K before the end of the year. This has been a long, slow grind for me because I'm doing it the right way. Help your boy out, hit the subscribe button, notification bell, all that junk. All right, NBA Finals, let's get it. Let's start with Bam versus AD. The only areas I think Bam has an edge in is strength and passing. Maybe handles, right? But that's more of a subjective skill, I think. But AD has more range as a shooter, right? He has a more advanced post game, and he has a significant length advantage. They're both all-team defenders, right? And... uh Look, when it comes to rebounding, despite the numbers AD put up in that Denver series, I, they're pretty equal rebounders. I think uh, stylistically in that Denver matchup, Anthony Davis was pulled out of the paint, and so his rebound numbers were were significantly down, but they're, they're pretty even there. But here's the thing. Bam doesn't have to be better than Anthony Davis. He just has to slow him down, right? Like the Lakers need about 30 a game from AD. And if Bam can hold him to somewhere closer to 20, yeah, AD, he may win the battle, but Bam will win the war. So how does he go about doing that? He's got to take advantage of that one advantage, that strength advantage. He's got to beat him down the floor to his spots and then push him off those spots, right? He's got to use his lower center of gravity, get up into his hips and just make him uncomfortable, continue to bump him, be very physical, and again, lean on him, make him feel that strength to break his rhythm and wear him down as this series goes on. Now, I wouldn't be as confident that Bam could do that if AD was fully healthy, but look, he's not, man. Anthony Davis is not healthy. I know Bam had a wrist or elbow issue, but I think it seems to be less of an issue moving forward into these finals where Anthony Davis has a high ankle sprain. I, I talked about it last week in my breakdowns and any Hooper knows like, look, man, that is a six to eight week injury. And that's not to say that AD can't play. You can't, you can play through it, right? It's, it's more about lateral movement. And we've seen guys time and time again, tape up their ankles and play through it. He's going to play, right? But I don't feel like he could be anywhere, you know, at best, I'd say he's going to be 75, maybe 80% of what he could be. It's just what it is. I've had it happen three times in my life, and it's a six to eight, six to eight week injury. And we know the other concerning thing, I think, is that we know Anthony Davis um, is fragile, for a lack of a better term, meaning like there's, a, okay, let's, they both have an injury, right? Bam's wrist, AD's ankle. Who is more likely to aggravate it and miss a game. It's AD, right? Like he's just, he's not the most durable guy. And so that concerns me. And now that they're matching up and look, AD, I think is, is probably, he, he snatched the crown as the best big in the league right now after, you know, dismantling Jokic in the Denver Nuggets. Um, Giannis, is he a big, I don't know how you guys want to categorize that, but is Bam as good as Anthony Davis? No but he's on a very short list of big men 
that you feel all right about putting him on Anthony Davis one-on-one, right? There's Giannis, there's Bam, there's not many, right? And so that's just a big positive in this series for Miami, I feel like, especially the fact that AD is chipped up. Now, all that being said, are they even going to match up on each other? I have no doubt that Bam is going to guard AD, but I'm not so sure it's going to be the other way around. I think that the Lakers and Vogel are going to start the series big. I think both coaches are going to start the series how they've been playing with their lineups and try to force the other team to yield to their style. So what that means for the Lakers is they're going to start AD at the four and they're going to have another big on the floor, whether that's Dwight or McGee. I think it's going to be Dwight and I think we're going to see Dwight get the matchup of Ban out of Bayou much like we saw him get that matchup with the Joker, I just, it's going to be a different thing, right? I don't know how uh, how frisky and how confident he's going to feel as a bully against Bam as he did against the Joker, right? So I think we're going to see that matchup initially. Does that force Miami to dust off Myers Leonard or Olenek and start them in the starting lineup? That would pull one of those bigs out, right? You could pull them out of the paint. I don't think initially, right? I think, like I said, both coaches are going to say, nah, we're going to do what we do. You yield to our style. So that means Jay Crowder's got a lot of pushing and shoving to do to start this series, right? That brings us to this much talked about zone defense. It's not a diamond Right? It's not a diamond press. It's not, it's not that dynamic. It's kind of just a 2-3 zone. It's back in the NBA. It's kind of just a 2-3 zone, right? Sometimes maybe a 3-2, depending on the personnel. It's not complicated, but why reinvent the wheel? And I'm all for the zone reappearing in these playoff games and in this bubble because I think it's forcing offenses to be more dynamic and it's going to make the game more dynamic offensively instead of just step back threes. So I'm here for it. And we know that it played a part in dismantling Boston in those Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I'll keep it pretty simple here with this take. I don't see the Lakers shooting their way out of this zone. I, I just don't believe in their shooters. Caruso, much like Dort, he's an aimer of the basketball. If you watch him when he shoots it, he aims it too much. And, you know, they're just a get. I, I almost went on another Danny Green rant here, but. Y'all know how I feel. I don't believe in the Lakers shooters. So no, I don't think they're going to shoot their way out of the zone as much as they're going to rebound their way out of that zone. And you saw it play out in the Denver series a little bit when Denver dropped into the zone. It was the offensive rebounding and second chance opportunities that the Lakers got that eventually would force Denver out of that zone. And I think that's what you'll see in this series as well. And it's really up to Spo when to deploy the zone. Right, you, you got to jump in and out of it. You can't stick to any look too long against these teams. They're too good. It's when he uses it to break rhythm and change things up. And that also, the zone could also play a part in which team yields to the other team's style. Does Vogel get smaller and put shooters on the floor to try to break the zone? Or does maybe Miami have to get bigger to keep LA off the glass while they're in the zone? So this is the type of chess that's going to be played between these two staffs particularly in the first three games as, as they kind of see what's what, right? All right, let's talk LeBron James. I'm sure a lot of you have seen or heard the stat that's being thrown out there about Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala and how they are two of the best guys statistically to put on LeBron James. 
Warrior fans, people know about Iguodala. They go way back, right? LeBron's got to be thinking, again? You got to be kidding me. Warriors finally out the bubble, finally out the playoffs, and I got to match up against this dude in the finals again? Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a real thing. Jimmy, Iguodala, they both have a str enough strength and length to be effective. And then more so, it's a confidence thing. I think a lot of guys, you know, we can get into the Draymond, Paul Pierce. You know, there is a reality to... Some of these guys are just going to be intimidated trying to guard LeBron James. And can you blame them? Like, look, if you were playing with LeBron James in 2K when you were 10 years old, yeah, you might be a little intimidated when you're actually guarding him in the playoffs. That's just that's just how things work. Right. But neither of those guys are going to be intimidated or in awe of LeBron James. And so what you're going to see LeBron do is try to seek that switch with either Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. He's going to be doing a lot of that. And because he can't switch up. When you got Bam, you got Crowder, right? That's a positive for Miami. There's not a whole lot of places to switch off. But with Robinson in the game, Hero, you know, they'll try to go at Drogic at times, right? And maybe that forces Miami into that zone, right? Back into the zone. And again, the chess pieces. Because if it's if it's man, you got to like how they match up in some of these matchups. But is LeBron going to hunt the switches? But ultimately, what I think we're going to see LeBron do, because... Of all the bodies and physical players that Miami can throw at LeBron, as well as the fact that this series is every other day, I think we're going to see him live and die with his jump shot. I think we're going to see him live and die with it. Now, he looked great in that, what was that, game six? All of a sudden, he flipped the switch, and he was it just he looked like he had a lot more juice. But LA fans, you got to be nervous. You got to be nervous. If he's, if he's putting his shoulder down and getting into the paint, then yeah, that's going to force Miami into that zone and that's what you need him to do. But does he have the juice for it? Does he have the juice for it in a seven-game series with those type of physical defenders? I think we're going to see a lot of step-back jumpers and we know how hit or miss he is with that. All right, so here's my pick. Let me, let me give you a little bit of my thought process. My basketball mind and logic tells me, look, the Miami Heat are greater than the sum of their parts. They've kind of caught lightning in a bubble here, if you will, right? And they just, they've got hot at the right time, the chemistry, and they just, it just feels like they're the better team and they should win this series. But then my gut and the little bit of conspiracy theory in me is kind of like, look, man, 2020, it feels like the NBA would really like LeBron and the Lakers to be hoisting that trophy at the end of this, considering We've lost Kobe amongst so many other things in this world right now, right? It just seems like, it seems like that would, it, it, you, you, you get what I'm saying here. And so my gut tells me like, look, the, the, the whistles in the series is going to be heavily tilted towards the Lakers. And that makes me nervous, even though I think Miami's the better team and I believe in them basketball wise, but I'm going to leave the conspiracy theories in my gut at the door. I got Miami in seven. Drop in the comments who you got and how many. And uh, can we talk about this little bit of basketball drama? Can we talk talk about this? Now, this is a little TMZ here. This is a little gossipy, but I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Tyler Hero has swooped up Kyle Kuzma's ex-Instagram model girlfriend. And boy, does she got a wagon. Go look her up. I ain't, I ain't gonna link nothing. You gotta go find her, right? She's in the bubble. And she said, whoever wins the chip, she's leaving with them. Because that's how it works, fellas. If you don't know, now you know.
I'm messing with you. But uh, yeah, man, I got Miami in seven. Who y'all got? Remember, hit the subscribe for me. Hit the notifications. I'm out, y'all.